All right. Take your outlines out if you would. And today, last week we talked about 2020 vision. Talked about our vision. And I said, you know, uh, <laughs> some of you might have lost your 2020 vision, but you can get it back by putting on a pair of glasses. Somebody say amen. <laughs> and then we showed you ways how you could get it back through the Word of God. Our vision, spiritual vision, and what God has in store for us. Today, we're going to talk about dealing with your minds. We did with the eyes last week, the minds this week, and preparing your minds minds for God's service. Uh, and I want you to look at the scripture, if you would, and it's found in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13, and we're going to look at the uh, King James Version. That's a uh, you know, the old King James Version Bible, and let me just say this about the King James Version Bible, probably the closest to the, um, of what we have of the writings. You know, the Bible was written in Hebrew and Greek, and then the 1600s it was transferred, uh, you know, into the King James Version, uh, a version that we could understand, very close to the Greek. And I want you to listen to what it says here. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. I don't know about you, but I like that phrase. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Now, that's an old King James phrase, but, uh, and it says, be sober and hope to the end. Now, the New Living Translation puts it this way. So, prepare your minds for service and exercise self-control. Let's look at that again. So, prepare your minds for service. Who's service? God's service. And exercise self-control. How many of you would agree that we are in an invisible war today? Now, we talk about wars around us and, we, and, and you know, wars that we can see. But, folks, let me tell you something. There's many more wars going on that you cannot see, and especially towards the child of God. If you believe that, say amen. And, you know, it's going on 24 hours a day. There's a war going on all around you, Okay. It's a battle for your mind, and it's intense. It's the reason it's intense is because whatever captures your mind, it owns you. Come on, somebody. You know, if something's got your mind, it has you. And that all starts in the mind. The battlefield of Christianity is in the mind. It starts up here, and, and the enemy is trying to capture you. So let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you that we can have the mind of Christ. We thank you, Lord, that... Uh, let this mind be in us, which is also in Christ Jesus. And Lord, we want that mind, we want Christ's mind this morning. And help us, Lord God, to, uh, to, to realize that we are in a battle, that there's an invisible war going on, but at the same time, Lord, that our minds could be preserved and, and that we can have the mind of Christ. And we receive that today in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Now, the next scripture in your notes there, I want you to see that. It says, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 says, For though we live in the world, how many of you know we live in the world? We do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power. Now, I want you to notice this, to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought and make it obedience to Christ. Now, let me just, just a few of the Greek phrases that are there this morning. The first of all, demolish strongholds. Paul is talking about a false 
system of thinking. In other words, you're thinking the wrong way. How many of you ever had a wrong thought? Let me see your hands, okay? The rest of you will give an altar call and you can come up later. And the next phrase is we take captive. Now, the Greek meaning there is to capture or to conquer and to bring under control. And then the next phrase, make it obedient, means to bring into submission. All these phrases relate to our minds. It all starts with our minds. Now, how do we, how do, we do that? How do you make your mind to mind, okay? And, and would you agree that our thoughts often disobey us? They rebel against us. Our thoughts go in all kinds of directions. And a, a mind of its own will go off in all kinds of directions. And you're not aiming it that way. You didn't mean this or whatever it may be. But it rebelled against you. So when I need to ponder, my thoughts wander. Come on, somebody. And when I need to pray, my thoughts stray and they drift. Come on, somebody. And we all get into that vein where that happens to us. So here's the rub. Here's the rub. We get frustrated. We get angry. We get worried, uh, we, uh, we, we get bitter, we, we, uh, uh, we get prideful, we get envious, and, and all these thoughts, they need to be under control. And once we control our thoughts and put it back in the right way, then, then we can, you know, walk in the way that we need to walk. Somebody say amen. amen. Your mind, no doubt, is the most important asset that we have. As Vice President Dan Quayle famously mis- misspoke... A mind is a terrible thing to lose. (laughs) Today, what are some of the ways that we can prepare our minds? In your notes there, number one, in your notes, never believe everything you think. Never believe everything you think. They say you have to say it three times for everybody to get it. Here's the third time. Never believe everything you think. On the count of three, let's say it together. One, two, three. Never believe everything you think. Mm, I want that to soak in. Just because you think it doesn't mean it's true. Come on, somebody. And and I I don't mean to shock you, but everybody has a mental illness. It's called sin. That's a mental illness, is sin. When we, you know, and it, it corrupting our minds. The Bible teaches us that our minds are broken. It uses words like darkness and corrupt and depraved. You know, Satan doesn't have to suggest false ideas. Hear me now. Satan doesn't have to suggest false ideas. The world bombards us daily with it. Come on, somebody. They're all around us. False ideals, wrong thinking. And you come up with plenty of weird thoughts on your own. Am I preaching good this morning? Here's what the Bible says in Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Wow. Think about that. We have an amazing ability to lie to ourselves. Can you hear me now? We can lie to ourselves. It's called deception. Come on, somebody. It's called deception. We lie to ourselves. Do you know that you can't be trusted to tell yourself the truth all the time? That's amazing. The truth is, we all have blind spots. The truth is, we don't stop to think. The truth is, we fail to notice. The truth is, we have background biases. The truth is, we see what we want to see. Come on, somebody. The truth is, we jump to conclusions. Come on, somebody. The truth is, we get trapped in categories. The truth is, we miss the big picture most of the time. Come on, somebody. 
We're just seeing something, but we're not seeing the big picture here. We're not seeing what God wants us to see. We're not seeing beyond what is the obvious in front of us, and we need to use our minds to think. God, give us a mind to think. Come on, somebody. And we need to think the thoughts God wants us to think. 2 Corinthians 13.5, examine or test yourself to see whether you be in the faith. Now, you can test yourself to see whether you be in the faith. And one of the ways you can is what's coming out of your mouth. Hello? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And, and, and what are you talking about, Pastor? I'm talking about sometimes we, uh, we, we, could, be, we, we could be great till we start talking. We could talk ourselves down. We could talk ourselves out of something. Come on, somebody. In other words, our thoughts sometimes can, can bring us down. So we need to understand that. Let's look at the think test. Go to the next slide. The think test. A mental covenant, one can do daily. Now look at this, if you would, of the think test. The T is to test every thought. We need to test every thought. And, and Psalms 119, 23 and 24 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Notice this, it says, try me. Everybody say, try me. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. Come on, somebody. So that's the T, that's the test every thought. The H is the helm, uh, helmet your mind from evil thoughts. Put on the helmet of salvation. Now, some of you know you're, you're sports-minded. You know that when they play football or whatever, they have a helmet on. Come on, somebody. And what's the helmet for? It's to protect the head. And, folks, we need to have the helmet of salvation on. Come on, somebody, and protect our minds. We need to protect that. The eight, the I is imagine great thoughts. Mark 9, 23, everything is possible to him, help me out, who believes. Everything is possible to him that believes. So it has to come right here that you imagine. If you can believe it, you can receive it. Come on, somebody. And many times you're not receiving because you're not believing. You haven't imagined it. And the end is nourish a godly mind. I will study your commandments and reflect on your ways. Psalms 119, 15. And then the K in think is keep on learning. And we need to keep that, uh, we need to keep doing that all the time. Somebody say amen. It's not a one-time thing, but you've got to continue to do it. First Timothy 4, 15, be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. You're progressing. Come on, somebody. You're, you know, daily you're getting better and better and better. And just like a, just like a child that's growing up, you're a child of God. But let me tell you something. You don't need to stay a child of God. Come on, somebody. We need to grow up. We need to be reading books. We need to join or teach a small group. Come on, somebody. Like our brother Ron is helping out. Well, wasn't that a good? Let's give Ron a hand this morning. Wasn't that great this morning? I I, I tell you what, that was coming from his heart. You know, someone has been somewhere and, 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 and wants to pull other people out of where maybe they've been. Come on, somebody. And, and this is what this is all about. Go to the next slide, if you would. Guard your minds from garbage. Guard your mind from garbage. The old computer cliche is still true. Garbage in, garbage out. Proverbs 15, 14. A wise person is hungry for truth while the fool feeds on trash. Come on, somebody. Your mind is very important. Can I get a witness? Most important thing that you have. Now, a nutritionist will tell us that we are what we eat. 
You eat junk food, you get a junk body. Come on, somebody. The psychologists tell us that we are what we think. Now, if you would, wouldn't eat garbage, you ought to not think garbage. Come on, somebody. So what you're putting in there is what's coming out. That's the reason when you're, when you're reading your Bible or, or you, you're having daily devotions, and you're, what are you doing? You're putting something in your mind that when you need it, it comes back. And if you're reading some kind of trash or whatever, let me tell you something, trash is going to come back. And, and if you're putting garbage in, garbage is going to come out. Whatever you're putting in there is going to come. That's the reason we need to have a daily devotion and reading the Word and, and, and listening, you know, to the things of God. Somebody say amen. Now, you wouldn't eat garbage. You ought not think garbage. Come on, somebody. Why? Because you are what you eat. You are what you think. The Bible tells us again in Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinks... Think of so is he. Well, I, you know, I think I'm a failure. You are. I think I'm going to have a bad day. You will. I mean, you start thinking that, that's where you're going. Your, your thoughts are going to lead you in the direction. But you know what? You can change that. You can turn that around. I'm going to be an overcomer. I think I can overcome. You know what? You'll overcome. Oh, you, you say, well, Pastor, you're saying, well, yeah, there might be a battle, but you can and you will overcome, but you've got to think it first. It's got to be up here before it's as a reality. Come on, somebody. That is, we tend to turn into what we think about. It's no wonder some guys didn't turn into girls when they was in high school. If we become what we think, come on, somebody. Why is the mind important? Because the thought is the father of the deed. The thought is the father of the deed. I'm going to say it again. The thought is the father of the deed. Before we can do a thing, you must think a thing. You sow a thought, you reap a deed. You sow a deed, you reap a habit. You, re you sow a habit, you reap a character. You sow a character, you reap a destiny. It all begins in your thought life. It all begins the things that you begin to think. And sometimes you begin to think in the wrong thing. Folks, you need to turn your thinking around and you need to get back. Come on, somebody. Whatsoever thing is good, whatsoever thing is lovely, whatsoever thing is of good report, that's what I'm going to think about. Let me ask a question. Let me make sure I'm in the right church. How many of you have had a bad thought this year? And we're, we're just a few days into the year. I'm not talking about 2019. I'm talking about 2020. How many of you had a bad thought last week, within the week? I'm still going to give an altar call. Some of you are going to come forward this morning. How many of you know the enemy is always... Throwing those fiery darts. Paul said they're fiery darts. You know, it's kind of like a guy with the, the bow. You know, he, it goes in the air and guys don't even see it coming. All of a sudden they get hit or they get hit with an arrow. And many times that's what the enemy is doing. He's trying to throw arrows into our minds and put something there. We need to understand that. So you sow a thought, you're going to reap a deed. And you don't want to reap a deed. You sow a deed, you, you reap a habit. You sow a, a habit, you reap a character. You sow a character, you reap your destiny. 
And, folk, you, you want to think the right thoughts. Come on, somebody. That's the reason the battle is being waged for your mind. Why? Brain food makes you smarter. Junk food has empty calories. Toxic food is poison, the stuff that kills you. It's the same with your thoughts. Let me give you a scripture. Psalms 101, 3 in your notes there. I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. How do you guard your mind from garbage? Two skills, conversational prayer and concentrated focusing. Okay, let me give you this scripture. Look at Philippians 4, 6 in your notes there. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. So we're not worry. And when you begin to worry, you're going down the wrong path. Come on, somebody. And, 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 you know, we all have that tendency because, you, you know, we're, we're, we're in the world, but we're not of it. But we are in it, and we see things around us. We see the enemy. We see things. We see the clouds, so to speak, and we know what's about to happen here. So, you know, there's a tendency for us to worry. There's a tendency for us to wring our hands and worry, you know. But Paul said, don't worry about anything, but pray about some things. Pray about most things. Pray about everything. You need to give it to God. God, I don't understand this. I can see within my I, I, I can see what I see coming, Lord, but I'm gonna worry about that because I'm gonna cast all of my cares on you. I'm gonna give this thing to you, God. I'm gonna give it to you. I don't understand it. I don't know how to deal with it, but I'm gonna give it to you. Come on, somebody. And it says, Tell God what you need. And thank him for all he's done. Then, everybody say then. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds everything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds. <laughs> uh, you know, if you got, you know, you, you show me a person that's got a peace of mind in their hearts, and I'm going to show you a person whose thoughts are on the right track. Come on, somebody. Because they have a peace of mind, okay? As you live in Christ Jesus. Look at verse 8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thought. I want you to get this. You need to understand this, too. You need to pray about everything. But here's another thought that comes right behind that. Fix your thoughts. Amen. If you underline, you need to underline that. Amen. Fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So we pray about everything. We maintain a running conversation with God. And folks, if you're going down I-75 at 65 miles an hour, when you pray, don't close your eyes. But you can still pray in the Spirit. Come on, somebody. You can pray in your mind. You can pray in your heart. Father, I just thank you. You can pray out loud. I mean, in the... Father, I thank you for this day. This is the day that you have made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, I don't understand. I, I, I may be uh, going into something that I don't understand that's before me. Lord, I pray that you would give me wisdom. I pray, Lord God, your guidance. I pray for your faith. How many of you pray like that? You pray like that? Pray like that all the time. Because you know what? Within myself, I'm nothing. Paul said that. But with Christ, I'm everything. So fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable okay 
So you pray about everything, and then you fix your thoughts on that. You concentrate focusing and change the channel. You ever had something on your channel there, and you're watching, and all of a sudden it goes to a place you don't want it to go? Now you can sit there and watch it, or you can turn the channel. I keep it in my hand all the time. Boop. Don't like that. Go to another channel. Everybody say, go to another channel. Isaiah 26.3, you will keep in perfect peace. There's that word peace again. All who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. You want peace of God? Begin to fix your thoughts on God. Because, folks, if you're thinking about this world, if you're thinking about all what's the news broadcast and all the, even sometimes the social media and all the things that we're listening to, it's like, whoa, some of that stuff is like, wow, makes you want to crawl under a rug somewhere. Come on, somebody. But what you have to do is focus on God. Fix your thoughts on God. Somebody say amen. amen. Number three, never let up on learning. Never let up on learning. A disciple is a learner. We can't follow Jesus without learning. Come on, somebody. Jesus said, learn of me. You know, you know take my yoke, it's easy, my burden is light, but learn of me. And, and, and the disciples, if, they, if you were a disciple of Jesus, you were a follower of Jesus. You followed him. You learned from him. You saw what he did. You began to do what he would do. So a lot of people act like they're, education ended with graduation they haven't opened a book in years they haven't studied anything else folks let me tell you something we need to be continuously studying and learning about the things of god somebody say amen all leaders are learners all leaders are readers you can learn from anyone if you're willing to go deeper let me give you the scripture proverbs 20 verse 5 i love this in the king james version Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. But a man of understanding will draw it out, a learner. Proverbs 18, 15 in ICB, it says, The mind of a smart person is ready to get knowledge. The wise person listens to learn more. You know, it's not like I know enough. No, we never know enough. There's always something new to learn. Come on, somebody. Think about how the progression that I've seen in the last 50 years has been something like, uh, you know, for two centuries, it hadn't changed like that. I mean, it's just like, wow, the changes. How many of you know there's great changes in the last, I'd say the last 20 years? Changes. But we got to keep up with that. And especially when it comes to the things of God. Proverbs 10, 14. Wise men store up learning, but the foolish will be destroyed with their mouths. Why? Because they get this the wrong thinking and it comes out the mouth. Jesus told us not to store up wealth, but we are to store up knowledge. Why? Because knowledge is far more valuable than money. How many of you know knowledge is power? People that have knowledge, you know, they, people pay for someone that has knowledge. They want to hear that. They want to hear about more knowledge. They want to change some of the ways that they're doing things. Think about that. Proverbs 19, 8, those who get wisdom do themselves a favor, and those who love learning will succeed. How many of you want to succeed? I want to succeed in life. What does God want me to learn? What does God want me to learn? 
What does God want me to learn? Next, next PowerPoint there will tell you, learn knowledge. My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. Why? Because you have rejected knowledge and also, you re- and also reject you as my priest, God says. Hosea 4, 6. The fact is you can learn the Bible without really knowing it. And, and you could, you know, but you need, to, you need to know it. You need to get it down in your knower. And Mark 12, 24 says, your trouble is that you don't know the scriptures. How many of you know we need to know the word of God? You know, some people will come up with something, they'll say something, and all of a sudden, if it's, you know, it's, it's like this. The other day, my wife and I was counting some money, and, and I'm flashing through it, and all of a sudden, I saw something. I thought, ooh, that's, there's something different about this dollar bill. How many ever ever saw a silver certificate? How many, saw, how many of you saw one the last year? One person. You saw mine, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> I knew he was going to do that. But I'm going through there all of a sudden, Jim, and I'm going through there and I thought, oh, oh, what's it? Hey, silver certificate. How many just caught my eye just like this? You know, people in banks, you know, they... Uh, as far as counterfeit, they don't show them counterfeit bills. It, it could be any kind of a counterfeit bill. They show them the real thing. And when you know the real thing, the counterfeit sticks out like a sore thumb or something different. That, that silver certificate, it just, it just looked different. How many of you know what I mean? And I hear people say things about the Bible. Well, you know what the Bible says? And I'm thinking, no, the Bible don't say that. <laughs> it doesn't say that. Well, Grandma said it. I'm sorry. I love you, Grandma. You love your grandma, but how many of them grandma would be wrong? You know, what does the Bible say? So, so, so we need to learn knowledge. Everybody say learn knowledge. We need to learn knowledge, and God wants us to learn knowledge. Number two, we need to learn perspective, wisdom. Perspective is wisdom. We need to learn wisdom, perspective. And look what the Scripture says there in Isaiah 55, 8. I don't think the way you think, and the way you work isn't the way I work. That's what God says. I don't think like you think. How many of you know God's ways are higher? Oh, amen. God's on a different plane. Psalms 103, the Lord revealed his acts to the children of Israel, but his ways to Moses. And you know what? God wants to show you his ways today. Somebody say Amen. You know, children of Israel just wanted, hey, that was neat about the Red Sea. Can you do that again? I mean, it'd be something like a kid would want, you know. <laughs> hey, do that again. Hey, do that rock thing again. Learn conviction. First Thessalonians 1.5. Our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power. With the Holy Spirit and with deep conviction. So you, you learn conviction. I'm going to tell you something. You know, your, your conscience and your conviction, you know, that's what's going to keep you in times where you don't know what to do. Your conscience and conviction and your thinking right is going to keep you. Number Next one there, learn character. 2 Corinthians 3.18. As the Spirit of the Lord worketh, works within us, we became more and more like him and reflect his glory even more. How many of you want to be more like Jesus? That's what we need to do. Learn character. And last, learn skills. Learn skills. 
If the axe is dull and its knowledge unsharpened, more strength is needed, but skill will bring success. Now, I don't know about you, but I've worked with some dull tools. Anybody here done that before? <laughs> it's not good. You know, you're trying to chop kindling or wood or whatever, and you got an old dull whatever. I mean, it takes so much strength to do that, but you sharpen that, you sharpen that blade. Come on, somebody. And, and, it, and, and notice what it says. No, I, I like that. It says, but skill will bring success. How many of you want success in your life? I want success in my life. I do. And then number four, let God stretch your imagination. I was at work one day the shop and we were talking about them landing on the moon the guy said ah they didn't land on the moon they shot that in the desert somewhere are you serious i mean he really believed that this guy really believed this and i, I mean i thought dude are you serious you know and, and and you know how many of you know sometimes some things are just too far out there to believe it's imagining things can you, you know, let me tell you something. Imagination is one of the greatest things that God gave you. Yes, and I, I think about this, you know, and I'm amazed at, at our phones that we have. As a matter of fact, if you have them, be sure and turn them off this morning. Because if it rings, I do answer it. Come on, somebody. <laughs> but this, this little phone, it has more technology in this little phone than what they had when they went to the moon. Can you imagine that? that more here than they went to the moon. I mean, they was, boy, they was using their brains down there, and then that, you know, and they had a problem up there, and I mean, they're thousands of miles away, and they're down here trying to figure things out and communicating, you know, trying to do all these things. And think about the imagination of that. The imagination of things that they, going to the moon, now they're talking about uh, putting a station up there and people going to the moon, just taking like flights like you go to California. Imagination. Can you imagine that? Imagine that. Now, I, I, I want to, I, you know, I, I want you to see some of these things that we're going to be talking about because, uh, you know, th this, this imagination thing is, is so powerful. So powerful, you know. And, and, you know, you've heard the phrase, the mind's eye, your mind's eye, and your, your, your vision and your imagination and your thoughts, they kind of go hand in glove together. And it says, where there is no vision, the people what? And we said last week, it's like you bring groceries home, and sometimes my wife will bring groceries home, and she'll put something down the bottom, and, and we just don't get to them quick enough. What happens to those, those groceries? Perish. They go to waste. And after a while, they sneaketh. <laughs> you can smell, ooh, what, there's a foul odor somewhere here. Oh, man, we forgot to eat that. The word vision is the Hebrew word hozon. Hozon literally means a dream. You've got to have a dream in your life. And some of you have lost your dream. Come on, somebody. And some of you, you know, you, you had a dream at one time, but because whatever has happened around you, your dream has just fallen down and you're not dreaming anymore. You need to learn to dream again. 
One of the greatest things in my generation that I've seen, two things. One is, I'll start with Ronald Reagan. As he stood and he made the speech, Gorbachev, tear down this wall. In my lifetime, I never thought that would happen. Like, wow, wasn't that something? I mean, that's like amazing. Wow. And they, they tore down the wall, and, 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 and the people from East Germany and West Germany, they, and some of them was relatives and brothers and sisters, whatever, they, they joined hands. Can you imagine that? And then going back, and, and something even greater than that, Martin Luther King Jr., he said, I have a dream. And he began to portray that dream that little white boys and little black boys would sit down together and the, the, the racial divide would be broken. He saw this. He began to talk about this. He envisioned this. He, he had a, a, a vision of this and he imagined this happen. How many of you know things begin to change? Are they perfect today? No, but let me tell you something. They're a thousand percent better than what they were. I grew up in the South. I know that. And let me tell you something. That, that, that was a speech that we all need to hear and hear again. Come on, somebody. And things like that. Because, you know, when you begin to say things, your words have meaning. Your words have meaning. Your words can, when you say something out like that, when you begin to think a thought and you begin to say things, you know, even with your family, for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Come on, somebody. You believe in Scripture that in Acts chapter 16 it says, those that believe upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved and their household. Amen. I'm just believing, and I believe that for my household, my whole household to be saved. How can God do that? Folks, I, it's not my worry, it's his. He can take care of that. You just cast the cares on him. Let God take care of it, but he can do it. Let God stretch your imagination. You know, some people are content to be in the little whatever over here and just be content with whatever. And others says, no. I, I, I remember, I, you, know, I, you know, coming to Ohio and the, the benefits and the opportunities. You know, I break mold. And, you know, I'm not staying in a little whatever, uh, working in a coal mine. Come on, somebody. Working in a coal mine. <laughs> you know the song. <laughs> I knew Joe knew the song. <laughs> well, I sung the song, but I ain't going in. I ain't going in no coal mines. I wanna, I'm, I'm telling you, folks, I went, up on, I went up on the yard. They said, yeah, you get a job in a coal mine. I'm working at, at a, a, a gasoline station there, a service station. And she go up on the yard and see John or whatever. I went up on the yard and see John. I said, hey, how do, you, uh, how do you get in the mines? They said, right there. It wasn't much bigger than that, the desk. I said, well, how far do you go back? About two miles. You go two miles back in that hole. How do you get in there? Right there. Little roller coaster. I said, well, yeah, you have to lay down. I have to lay down. For two miles and go back in them. I said, tell John I'll see him later. I am not going in that hole. Now, some, you know, you know what? 
Some people say, you know what, it's, it's okay, I, I, I can do it. Well, fine, that's good. That's the holes for you, you know. <laughs> Somebody else would have my job. They need a job. Give them the job. But I'm stretching my imagination. I'm getting one on, I'm going to cultivate the soil on top. Come on, somebody. We're going to be above ground, not underground. There'll be a time I'll be underground, but not now. Nothing happens until someone starts dreaming. Nothing happens until someone starts dreaming. The question, what would attempt... If you knew you couldn't fail, what would you attempt to do? One area we all need to grow in is Christian imagination. Think of C.S. Lewis and Bunyan and others like that. We need great Christian thinkers today who ask, what if and why not? Who raise new questions, who look for new angles, who find new solutions. And every scientist's breakthrough happens when someone imagines it. Think about it. This century needs our Kelpers and Kevins and Pascals who, who revolutionized math. And Robert Boyle, who the founder of modern Christ, uh, chemistry. John Dalton, the founder of uh, atomic theory. Faraday of electricity. Mendel uh, of genetics. Maxwell of physics. Not talking about doctrine. Truth once delivered, if it's, if it's new, it's not true. So let me tell you something. We have everything we need in the Word of God today. Come on, somebody. And I'm not saying that, you know, it's new truth. No, no you, don't, you, you know, what you need to do is just rediscover what's already there. You need to see what's already there. It's kind of like, you know, you, you see that the old woman and the young woman in the, in the picture together. You know, first of all, you don't see it. And then you're like, oh, I see it. Okay, I see that. And that's what we need to do looking in the Word of God. What is imagination? Imagination is seeing with the eyes of your heart. Come on, somebody. It's not seeing with the natural eyes, but with the eyes of your heart. I, you know, oh, I can see that happening. I, I can see that. I can see that. It, it, it is, it's an overstatement. What the mind can conceive, the hands can achieve. It's, a, it, it's an overstatement. Einstein, imagination is more important than knowledge because our knowledge is limited. Come on, somebody. Knowledge is limited, but you, you know what? Imagination is not. Einstein, logic will get you from A to B, but imagination will take you everywhere. Also, the true signs of intelligence it's not knowledge, but it's imagination. Napoleon said, imagination rules the world. Innovation is just asking the right question. You see what everybody else sees, but then you choose to ask how and what if. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. So you'll live out your past or you'll live out your imagination. And I want to I, I be creative, and I want to I look forward. Let me tell you something. Some of you, your, your, your best days are ahead of you. Come on, somebody. And, and some of you, you, that breakthrough or whatever it is that you've been praying about or wanting to see happen, folks, it can still happen. It doesn't matter. You know, there's people that, you know, you know one of the uh, uh, leaders in Israel, 70 years old, went back and learned fluent uh, uh, Hebrew, you know, and, and it's like, wow, one of the hardest, uh, you know, languages to learn, but we could do it. Come on, somebody. 
But you have to imagine it first. You have to have it up here. Learn from yesterday. Live today and look into tomorrow. Come on, somebody. So imagination lets you perceive today. I challenge you to dream new dreams for your life. Now, what is the goal of our thinking? And, and, and you know, I'm getting ready to close. Just getting real close here. But I, I want to give you a couple things. In Ephesians 3.20 in the message, it says, God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine, or is that word imagine, or guess, or request, in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently working within us. And then 1 Peter 1.13, so roll up your sleeves and put your mind in gear. You know, I don't know about you, but, you know, sometimes I have this habit that when I'm in a drive-thru or something like that, I usually have my foot on the brake, but I put my, the gear in neutral. Because, you know, I've had that tendency to go forward, you know, you almost hit someone or do hit someone, you know, uh, and I, I put it. And, and then there's been times I want to go forward and I take my foot off and hit the gas pedal. I ain't going anywhere. Just, uh, oh, got to put it in gear. How many of you already put your mind in gear? Let's let God. Oh, God has some good things in store for you folks. I am telling you, God has some good th- thoughts in store for you. God wants to show you things. God wants you to learn of him, and when you do, things are going to become more clear. Come on, somebody. 